Gracious and loving God, as we approach this scripture this morning, Lord, I ask that you put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. Lord, if I misspeak, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, sorry. Feels like I've been gone longer than a week. So we do a lot of talking about what God's plan is for our lives. We know that there is a plan, but we just don't necessarily always know what it is or which direction we're going. But God's plan for your life isn't that you're successful. I believe that God's plan for your life is that you're fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit is such an important list in the New Testament. And these nine traits should be evident in every personality, the personality of every Christian. Some might say it's a, the secret to a great life, but it's not a secret really, is it? Because it's all written in black and white for us in the Scripture. If you turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 22 through 25. It says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in the previous verses, Paul calls out the evil characteristics of the flesh, and it's in this passage here that he points out the lovely things that we see that are the fruit of the Spirit. It was Paul's belief and Paul's experience that the Christian died with Christ and rose again to new life. New and clean in which the evil things of the old self were gone and been put away. And the lovely things of the Spirit would now come to fruition. There are many believers that are suffering needlessly because they are not allowing the Spirit of God to exhibit the fullness of the nine fruits of the Spirit in and through them. Sometimes I think it takes more work to block them out than it does to go ahead and allow them in if you're truly living for Christ. Sinful practices like those expressed in Galatians 5, sorry, Galatians 5, 16 through 21, have their roots in the seemingly insignificant thoughts and attitudes of the heart. But if we ignore or tolerate these little sins, they will eventually grow, corrupting more of our thoughts and more of our actions, even harming the people around us. Those little sins can eventually weaken our service to Christ and Christ's ministry in the church. That's because the little sins, they don't stay little, do they? The little things become the big things. When we don't follow the fruit to the letter, it begins to get spoiled or perverted. And it affects those around us. So I'm going to give you a few examples of, of how that, that looks. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. So the opposite of love would be hate, right? But the perversion of it would be possessiveness. 
People who are not controlled by the Spirit begin to dominate those who they profess to love by controlling their time and their activities and their decisions. And this leads to some kind of a deviant sense of control over those who believe we are loving. It's being domineering. Next is the fruit of the Spirit is joy. The opposite of joy would be pain. We all suffer from pain. But the perversion is a life that is out of control. People who are not given over to the control of God's Word and His Holy Spirit often live in haste without experiencing the peace of God. People that are always in a hurry to be somewhere, always in a hurry to get something done. Never taking the time to, to slow down. You know, be still and know that I am God. And allowing God's guidance to get them through the many tasks that they have before them. Not allowing God to guide their decisions. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The opposite of peace is war. But the perversion is neutrality. Many people believe that we should be at peace with everyone by assuming a neutral position with all people and all things. Methodism even claims via media, it's a Latin phrase meaning the middle road, which advocates moderation in all thoughts and in all actions. But there are enemies of Christ and enemies of the church that need to be confronted and contended with and opposed for the sake of righteousness and goodness. In Ephesians 6, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. He wasn't just using that as, a, as an analogy or, a, or a, a parable. He meant there are things that are worth fighting for. And as Christians, we have to stand up and fight. We do not war against the flesh, but against the spiritual forces of evil, evil in the heavenly realms. This is going to be a tough one to hear for some of us. The fruit of the Spirit is patience or long-suffering. The opposite is impatience, but the perversion is lenience. People who are too lenient allow for the tolerance to reign over all their decisions, their values, and their choices. Many are guilty of too much leniency in the kinds of television programs that they allow in their homes, the music that they listen to the crowds that they allow themselves to be a part of. The Nielsen TV ratings company has indicated that Christian family viewing habits are not distinguishable from those that are non-Christian. That's very sad. It's a sad, that's a sad statement to make. This would indicate that the faith that Christians profess in public is not often lived out in the privacy of their homes because we are too lenient on ourselves and on our children and those who pick up on our leniency it compromises our godliness it's food for thought the fruit of the spirit is gentleness the opposite is hardness but the perversion is softness to be too easy on sin often leads us 
into loving the world and loving the world's values and its realities. And to take possession of the higher ground that God wants us to inhabit often means we need to get tough and engage the enemy enemy, and not be soft on the opposition. Peter wrote, Dearly beloved, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Some people are just downright inconsistent with their treatment of others. And they are undependable in taking care of people with need. Their, their amount of charity depends on the mood that they wake up in. We need to ask God for a consistent attitude of kindness and goodwill to everyone regardless of our mood. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Obviously, the opposite is faithlessness, but the perversion is legalism. The Pharisees were legalistic because they preferred to trust in the human rules rather than the Spirit of God for their direction. Solomon wrote this, and you may all know it, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and He will make your paths straight. I could do the seek song, trust in the Lord real quick if y'all wanted me to. But this truth has encouraged me to pray and wait and to trust God for his direction in all aspects of ministry. I know some of you think that sometimes I make snap decisions and I, and I respond quickly, but I do think and I do pray. The fruit of the Spirit is meekness and the opposite is arrogance. But the perversion is a pretense of weakness. Meekness is power with control. False humility is displeasing to God because it is generated by the flesh instead of the spirit. That's making, that's making yourself the brunt of, of jokes about who you are and what, and what you're about. People who are spirit-filled are meek, while at the same time respecting what God has made them to be as they exhibit a holy boldness, confidence, and the security that never puts down what God has created them to be and to say and to do. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The opposite is being undisciplined, but the perversion is to operate with fleshly effort. Paul wrote, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And people who are filled with the spirit exhibit this self-control and temperance and stability that is consistent regardless of their feelings or their circumstances or their difficulties. They speak in a manner that is worthy of God and not harsh, it's not rude, and it's not overly demanding. Self-controlled people exhibit the Spirit's control that allows one to be salt and light, regardless of what's going on in their world. If we are not filled with the Holy Spirit's fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, our heart will somehow make room for things that cause unseen damage, like a cancer to our mind, emotions, and well-being. Even the slightest amount of evil that we let in 
can cause self-destructive tendencies. I assure you that if the devil gets a finger in, he's going to take control. Ask the Lord to help you search your heart to see if there are any of these wicked ways within you that you need to, that you need to let go of, that you need to turn away from. If God and His work are not known and not received, and God's Word is not known and not received, the devil and his works will take control. If the power of the gospel is not felt throughout the length and the the breadth of the land, then corruption and darkness will be. If they don't get the light, they will get the darkness. Does that make sense? We proclaim the truth found in the teachings of God's Word, and we stand against the tide of corrupt messages that are faced with, we are faced with every day. We proclaim the truth, we promote the truth, and we live the truth. There are plenty of people out there today that are giving a false message about what Jesus loves and what Jesus hates. Folks, we need to stand on the truth, and only the truth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.